so for me, uh, you know, one that has just been huge was uh, finding good mentors to work with. And I got really lucky right off the bat with just kind of an all-purpose mentor, a uh, somebody that was a retired tech executive that, um, you know, just knew how to do so many things, uh, make introductions, uh, help you line up for funding, produce pitch decks, do uh, help you form an LLC, you know, anything mm. like that. And, um, and, and just my biggest supporter. Anytime I, you know, needed a, a pep talk or anything, that person was so was always there and still is there to this day. So hope everyone has someone like that. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Kathy Swartz, and uh, Kathy started her journey um, in high school liking to promote school events, um, and then after uh, graduating, went off and got a degree in uh, finance and then a graduate degree in marketing and started working for a, a business in marketing um, and then started a e-commerce journey, an e-commerce story, and uh, uh, then uh, went to work for a fintech company in Aust or Austin, Texas for a period of time and uh, had an idea to help uh, startups get their uh, businesses out there via an app. So started a, a business, which is uh, what she's doing now. And uh, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Kathy. Uh, thank you. It's good to be here. Excited to have you on. So I just gave the 30 second version to a much longer journey. So why don't uh, we uh, rewind and unpack a little bit? And tell us a little bit about how your journey got started in uh, high school, liking to uh, promote school events. Yes. So um, uh, growing up in Houston, I was fortunate to go to a really great school um, that had lots of different learning opportunities. But um, the one that kind of caught my eye uh, was the one you mentioned, uh, just enjoying uh, informing people, letting them know about things they might like or that might benefit them. And that really kind of started a lifelong interest in that, um, mm. promoting it or just really on a larger scale communication. And um, I really gravitated to my English literature classes where there'd be like some great sentence where a writer would say something in a way that could make you see it as you've never seen it before, or would help you connect the dots on something that you'd never been able to put together before. So I really liked that. Um, that being said, though, I was also good at math. And so when I went off to the University of Texas, I majored in finance and took all those courses and enjoyed them. But once again, uh, it was marketing, communications, that area that was capturing my attention. So uh, I got an MBA in marketing. And then when I got out of school, uh, it was the beginning of the days when uh, big law firms were just starting to market themselves. So there's quite a bit of opportunity there. So I jumped into that. And, um, you know, little did I know that was kind of the beginning of uh, people doing content marketing because, mm. you know, what it sounded like at the time was someone saying, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. That's too salesy. 
that's too much promotion. You know, we don't do things like that. You know, what we really want you to do is produce some quality content describing our services for our clients and get that out there in front of people in a high quality way, which is very similar to, you know, some of the things that we do today. So now, so now with that, um, you know, maybe just uh, diving in a bit, one question. So you, you came out of, you know, getting the uh, undergraduate in finance, got the marketing degree. Now, did you go in, you know, doing that marketing work and, you know, kind of uh, focusing on law firms? Was that with a large company, small company on your own or kind of, you know, where did, where did you go after graduating? These were uh, like mainline traditional law firms. And so you know, to this day, they're probably not doing TV commercials, but but they have gotten a lot more sophisticated and, and things have come a long way. And it was great training working with some really smart people um, and learning how to strategize what I was doing as well. So now, did, so just to, to fill that in, so where did you work with the law firms directly or was it uh, via an agency? Uh, directly as their marketing director. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so now you, so you do that now, how long a period of time or, you know, how many law firms did you work for? Was it just a single one or did you do a few different law firms and kind of what, or what period of time did you do that over? Uh, over a couple of years. And then that's when I, you know, kind of got interested in uh, being a marketing director for a different kind of company. And so that's when also happened to be moving to Austin at the time. And there was an opening for the, um, marketing director and public information officer for Austin Community College. So uh, I jumped in there and they were um, a really interesting place to work for. Uh, they already, even at that time, had 50,000 students and about seven different campuses. And so opportunities galore to do marketing and communication. And so um, I did that for a few years. Um, I really got to work on my in-person communication in those days because uh, a community college is a tax-supported uh, business or tax-supported entity, and mm -hmm. reporters were always calling, wanting to know details, and you know, as is their job, trying to stir up a story. And it was my job to try to, you know, tamp that back down. So got a lot of good experience with that there for a number of years. And, um, and then that's what led me to, they asked me to start teaching classes as well there. And so I started teaching courses for, you know, some typical college students, but, you know, people, you know, all the way up into their forties and fifties, just coming back to learn business hmm. skills. Yeah. So now, and then I believe is in, in the middle of all that, if I remember right, when we talked a little bit before, you also got it to start working for a fintech company while you're in Austin. Is that right? Or was it primarily teaching or kind of a mixture or kind of what was that? Yes, um, there, that is, um, was kind of a one more stop away. Um, I, while I was teaching at ACC, I got the bug to own my own business one and, um, I was working, I was doing a lot of classes in small business management and finance. And so uh, I, you know, was working with students on um, improving their own businesses and I got the urge to have mine. So mm. I went and had a, a, a retail paper and design studio business for a number of years. That's where the e-commerce came in. And, uh, you know, at first it was great, but eventually we, uh, you know, our business really got hurt by much larger players 
that we couldn't compete with. And so, yeah, so that's when I pivoted to the FinTech and um, they're in Austin and really fun to get to be part of. They were a startup, but a highly successful startup, like doubling in size from year to year. And um, yeah, so uh, that's where I got to see, you know, how, how you could solve a problem that a business has out there with a technology platform and um, how you could, uh, you know, get these teams working together, dev and marketing and customer support and all that, and really produce something that would solve a consumer pain point. In this case, it was attorney payments. Uh, we're just catching on at that time. Gotcha. No, it sounds like it was a good experience. You know, it's always great uh, as you're teaching a, a subject to also get involved and uh, be able to have something in an active and ongoing project and kind of uh, always flavors uh, a bit of what you, you do there. So now you were doing, so you did the kind of the fintech, you were doing the teaching. And then at some point, I think you got an idea of helping to start up businesses to get more business via an app. And that kind of leads to where you're at today. But walk us through a little bit of, of what that uh, transition or that part of the journey was yeah well as i'm teaching um you know i'm able to help the students with you know ideas for their business but i just always felt like i was lacking something um you know there was some missing tool if only you know there was something better that i could give them and so that's when i you know i looked around and i saw what if it was some kind of platform where we streamlined these you know fancy marketing tools we're using at a very high level at this high tech company and streamlined them for busy small business owners that don't have a lot of time to learn the intricacies of these cool marketing tools that were coming out at that time. Hmm. So, um, so we just, uh, you know, what that looked like was it went into, uh, it was originally a guidebook where a business would tell us about their pain points and then we would put together uh, a book of strategy and tactics and things like that. And when that was pretty well received, then we moved into uh, uh, actual online platform, which is, you know, what we continue to develop today. No, it sounds like it was a great project now. So give us an idea. When did you start working on that project? You know, wait, or how did it go? How long did it take to development? Is it in the marketplace today? Is it a success and taken off and money is raining down from the sky? Or is it still early on and kind of uh, still figuring things out, but kind of catch us up or when when you started on it and kind of how it's gone? Yeah, hopefully tomorrow is when that money is going to start raining down <laughs> from the sky. But um, today and yesterday, uh, it's, you know, it's been a, a, a number of years that we have been at this, you know, from when it went from, being a guide to a, an actual platform. Um, so it, it took a while for us to get our product market fit. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, I really had an affinity for helping these small business owners that I had run into at Austin Community College and, and other places. And um, so, but we were, you know, we, that's a big audience. And so we needed to get something more focused and more specific. And so we ended up finding out that professional service providers, um, people like attorneys, uh, accountants, insurance uh, people, real estate brokers, 
were a good fit for the early uh, MVP or most minimally viable product that we had. Um, mm. That being, even though they're probably equally busy as any other small business owner, um, that group is kind of used to having to um, set a goal and stick with it and learn, you know, things as they go along and, and particularly the financial, really all of those groups have continuing education that they have to do. So they were able to jump in and appreciate the strategy part of what we were doing and appreciate uh, the, the self-learning and tutorials that you could do to keep improving at what you were marketing on the app. Mm. No, sounds like uh, it was a, a fun uh, fun part of the journey and a, a fun evolution of the business. So now catch us up. Where's it at today? Where can they, you know, is the app available? Can they use it? Is it something where they can, or people can leverage it for the business? Is it in beta? Has it been out in the marketplace for a while? Kind of or walks through a bit. Yes, we just relaunched and um, with our new focus and um, just based on a lot more research uh, with the product market fit and with um you know which stage of the cycle we are in and we are definitely the people that help you as a starter schedule when you first figure out yes i think in particular social media could help me that's the place where we've started hmm. um then um this is a schedule that will get you out of the shoot will get you with your strategy your messages train you and get you where you can look and you're posting three times a week with something that you don't wince when your friend mentions seeing your social media page, you're proud of it. So, and then uh, some people that's all they ever need is just that simple scheduler for their business. And that's great. Some people start going really fast. Next thing you know, they have a marketing department and they're ready to graduate to some of the larger schedulers out there like Hootsuite and HubSpot. And that's great too, because we have um, we have completed our mission and that at that point, and and they've got the growth to show it, which is what we hope to see. Awesome! No, sounds like a setup that uh, help people along each uh, each step of the way and uh, be able to continue to evolve with their business. So, so now if you were to take kind of looking out a bit into the future, next six to twelve months, kind of where do you see things headed? Is it continuing to just onboard and bring on new people? Is it continuing to update and iterate the product or kind of uh, where do you see things going? Um, both of those. Um, so we are in a position now where we really can um, take on people in bigger numbers and help more people. So we've wanted to be in that position for a long time. Um, we see, you know, almost too many different features that we could add. And so the challenge is finding which ones are the most important to this target audience that we're serving. Hmm. And so, you know, one of the main things that we hear in addition to social media being hard is um, that it's hard to know what to post about. And so we are right now working on integrating artificial intelligence in there to where you can go in and with a custom interface, uh, get that first post prompt and then, um, and then take it from there with editing. And so that, you know, fits right into what we're doing because we're all about streamlining and saving that target audience money and not, sorry, money, time, as well as money. And so time is money. 
So they are, I think that's going to be a natural fit for us. Awesome. And no, it sounds like a good direction. And again, you're continuing to update and improve the the platform as things continue to evolve and uh, or further understand uh, the the customer's needs definitely is a great direction to, to head into. So well, awesome. Well, with that, that was, uh, we've reached kind of the present day of your journey and even uh, looking a bit into the the future. Um, always a great time to transition to the the two questions I'd like to ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I'd like to ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What'd you learn from it? Yes. So I, I wish I could say there was just one, but there are, there are a few, but um, there's certainly one that, you know, kind of, brings back to mind more sleepless nights and that kind of thing, one that stands out. And, um, and that is just uh, difficulty in uh, outsourcing uh, hiring. And so, you know, no surprise, I'm a non-technical founder. And so, you know, actually getting the app produced, uh, working with the dev team and all that was going to be more challenging for me than had I been, you know, working for a long period of time in mm. the tech industry. So I had just had a brief exposure. So, uh, yeah. And so, you know, not knowing what to do on that, I had two um, mentors that I've been working with and they both happened to refer the same person to me. And so, you know, to me, that was a real green light. And, and the person they referred was great. But uh, that person was a middleman and the ultimate team and I were not aligned at all in terms of um, quality and in terms of a sense of urgency. So that led me to, you know, a couple of long years of trying to get it produced and trying to get the bugs out of it. And so, yeah, just going forward, um, you know, I learned that it's really important to try to do a smaller task with somebody, a smaller project or two to make sure you are aligned on urgency mm. and quality before you, you know, launch into a big project, which is what that was. Um, and the other is just not to be afraid to try to um, put incentives into your payment for fast delivery and for, um, yeah, high quality delivery, that kind of thing. Um, right at the start is kind of when you have that leverage before you've made that decision. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, um, and it just keeps coming up again and again. Uh, there's so many things when you are launching a software as a service, so many specific skills that one person couldn't know them all. And so I've gotten, had the chance to really, uh, keep working at that skill. Awesome. No, I think that that's all, you know, Hiring in general, whether it's independent contractors, whether it's, you know, full-time employees, whether it's in the U.S., whether it's abroad, whether, you know, however that arrangement, I think, is always a, a point where, you you know, as much as you can feel like you're awesome or the exception to hiring is one of those where you just have to go through the experience, get the uh, get the experience behind you, figure it out. And it always seems like it for, for every business you go through, it's a bit of an iteration. So definitely a, an easy mistake to, to make, but a great one to learn from. Oh, yeah. Second question that now I like to ask is, so if you're uh, now, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? So for me, uh, you know, one that has just been huge was 
uh, finding good mentors to work with. And I got really lucky right off the bat with just kind of an all-purpose mentor, a uh, somebody that was a retired tech executive that, um, you know, just knew how to do so many things, uh, make introductions, uh, help you line up for funding, produce pitch decks, do uh, help you form an LLC, you know, anything mm. like that. And, um, and, and just my biggest supporter, anytime I, you know, needed a, a pep talk or anything, that person was so, was always there and still is there to this day. So hope everyone has someone like that. But um, what I didn't even realize I needed, I mean, I, I was always looking for a social media expert to help me with that aspect of the platform. And I still kind of am looking for that uh, social media technology expert, I should say. But um, what I didn't know I needed was a SaaS expert for software as a service. I mm. didn't realize what a specialized part of technology that that is and that um, everything can be more effective for, for a SaaS if it is specialized for that. So um, if any of, you know, it's a, we're trying to get people to subscribe to a platform. And so really the biggest step is that initial being willing to sign up and go in and do your free trial. And it's, it's not easy to get people to do that. You know, people already have a lot of apps and they're, so they're a little bit reluctant in that respect, but everything from how you do your webinars to how you do your pricing to, um, you know, anything you can think of could be better if you had somebody that really knew that. So I ultimately found a group out of Canada uh, called the SAS Academy and they have it all figured out. So it, just a library of different resources you can access. And then we meet once a month or once a week to discuss things that are on everyone's mind and to share notes. So mm. um, yeah, I mean, I just wish I would have found it a couple of years ago would have been huge. I mean, and it may not have even been at critical mass for a couple, a couple of years ago, but anyway, I have found them now and it is really speeding up our progress. Awesome. No. And I think that, you know, finding whether, as you said, mentor, guide, someone that has the experience, maybe in a different skill set, someone just to bounce ideas off of sometimes and someone that's uh, been through it before is are definitely a, a great resource to to make sure your business thrives and uh, and continues uh, to to grow at a, a quicker pace. So I think that's a, a great uh, takeaway. Yeah. Well, now as we uh, now as we uh, wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yes. Well, our website is called Small Biz Brands, and that's um, B-I-Z and brands plural. And um, I always love to hear from people also at Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at smallbizbrands.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, uh, support a great business, and uh, if nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Kathy, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you the listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe leave us a review helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success and on that note if along your journey you ever need help with your patents your trademarks or anything else with your startup or your small business just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat we're always here to help 
Thank you again, Kathy, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. Uh, it was a pleasure.